Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I have a beautiful guest with me who is helping women to shine their inner light and follow their soul's calling. Rebecca Campbell is an author, spiritual teacher, ground spiritual mentor and soulful guide. She's a best-selling author of Lights is the New Black and has guided thousands of women to create a life that is completely aligned to themselves and their calling. She believes that we can all tap into our creativity and lead from a place that is authentic and filled with our inner light. Rebecca, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show again and thank you for joining us in this space today. My pleasure. I'm happy to be with you again. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you on again because the last time we spoke um, about your story and your book, Light is a New Black, this time mm-hmm. I want to delve in a bit deeper because some of the listeners were calling in and asking, like, how can we turn on our light when we've kind of lost hope in ourselves and others? What's kind of like the first thing that we could do to start shining that light? Well, the first thing is, is like, don't think about shining the light for other people. Just think about um, coming back to your own center. Like I talk about our heart, our soul, like there's a place that resides within us, which I call like the inner temple. Mm. And, you know, it's so easy in our busy lives these days and being bombarded with messages, particularly, gosh, if you live in the city, you know, <laughs> and you've, you're, you're going into work and you just, or even just like on your phone, it's constant external bombardment. And so the best way I think to to turn your light on is literally to tend to your own inner light um and you know regardless of whether you're an extrovert or an introvert I mean I'm definitely an introvert I'm someone who gets energy by um spending time on my own basically but even if you're an extrovert it's committing to some kind of practice and the practice is literally like the word says practice some kind of tool or some kind of thing that you do which you show up to every day just to bring you back into that centered place so you know that could be journaling that could be walking in nature Mm. it could be arranging flowers it could be creating beauty somehow like through it could be a cooking meditation or it could be a classic meditation as well one of my favorite um forms of meditation is chanting which is essentially singing Mm -hmm. so there's so many different different types um anything to do with like the language of the soul is anything to do with art and beauty and quiet and nature and and um anything that you're being creative with so that's the first thing i'd recommend amazing would you say that women find it more difficult to shine their light than men? Well, I think that women are, because of the times we're living in anyway, we're more self-conscious because, you know, particularly when it comes to like our bodies and things like that, the world seems to have an opinion <laughs> about that. And regardless of whether you can, you know, someone directly says something to you, it's, it's impossible not to, not to absorb that in some way. So I think it's, I think women are less confident perhaps 
perhaps that's a like a general very big stereotype which I don't normally like to do but <laughs> yeah I'd say generally speaking yeah like um women tend to be more sensitive than men mm. I guess some of it kind of links to like some of the past like you know women you know fighting for women's rights and lots of all these mm. other things that we've kind of almost taken a little bit step back but now like you said in this time we're kind of rising again that's it that's it exactly yeah because I find that yeah there's a lot of women you know they want to do so much in the world they want to create so much but sometimes they actually stop themselves from shining their light Mm, totally yeah so you know you were saying the first step is um to kind of like do meditation or connect with nature what would be like the next step well when you're doing that to just notice what um what what arises you know mm. often when we're going around our busy lives it's like you're just we're just like it's like it's what they call the monkey mind where it's like the same <laughs> thoughts going round and round and round like the hamster wheel you know and when we don't take time out from our lives we just are running on that hamster wheel so when we we take the time to to show up to a practice the first thing to do is like often at first all those thoughts will come flooding and it's just like oh my god I don't want to think about this stuff um but eventually when you just like you you get into the practice of observing them rather than 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 allowing them to take you down or or defining yourself by them then you create space for your intuition for what I call the whisper of your soul to come through it's why like when you're in the shower or when you're um walking on the beach or in the park that tends to be when Mm. the best ideas like creative ideas come in as well it's like or or you know there will be a solution to a problem that you haven't really thought of it's because you're getting out it out of that monotony of your everyday life and creating space in your heart in your body in your mind for the new to drop in yeah I guess is it kind of like when you stop kind of following the same routine that you have on a daily basis yes exactly that's a great that's a great great analogy yeah because um in the beginning when I <laughs> I I kind of like yourself I came from a media background and I used to always have a strict mm. routine I've got to do things this way or that way and then one day I just thought let's try something a bit different so I didn't follow the same routine of going home straight away or going to meet a friend I decided to go in a different route and take that. Mm. And I took ended up taking a walk around London Bridge and then ended up somewhere else and it was the first time I started to realize what was it that I really wanted in my life mm. totally that's so true I remember I have I have a teacher Sonia Shukat who used to oh, say yeah. that um the best way to to strengthen your intuition is to do things that you wouldn't normally do <laughs> so I so <laughs> agree with that it absolutely works She's amazing, Sonia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you know kind of when to follow your light? It might sound like a silly question, but like say somebody out there who doesn't know like when can I actually shine my light? Like what? how do they know when to follow it? I mean, I would say that we should always mm. and that our, our inner light is like it's the, it's the innocent part of us. It's the part of us that's connected to you know, like how the the moon waxes and wanes, how the ocean tides come in and out, uh, how at the moment we're in spring in London and the cherry blossoms have just totally bloomed, Mm. but the roses aren't there yet. 
And so it's that intelligent force that's woven through all of life. It's also woven through us. And, you know, we've been taught the bulk of us to use the external world as feedback rather than actually turning in mm. and letting that that light, that soul, that whisper of our intuition to guide us. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so I would say we should always do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think what a lot of people, um, some people like misjudge like the whole shine your light thing mm-hmm. as like being like this kind of like, I need to shine my light for the world, like for everyone else, you know? But it's like it's I don't see it as that. I think it's a repercussion sometimes when we when we tend to our own inner light, when we show up to our daily practice, when we listen and you know, one of the practices I have is like following the things that light you up. And by that I mean, you know, things that make you feel lighter, that make you feel excited, the things that make you feel filled up mm. and and make you like take your breath away, you know, or that you can just like lose time in doing because you just like love doing it so much. It's those things that light us up and often and this is the genius about this world is that the more you follow those things, the more lit up you will get. And the, the like a side, an outcome of that, which I don't think is the reason why we do it, but the, one of the outcomes is that we light up the world with our presence. And it's not because we're, we're trying to like throw our light out into the world. It's because we're just lit up ourselves. Mm. You know, it's like, if we go back to that flower analogy, when we look at the um, the cherry blossom, the cherry blossom's not trying to hold on to its petals, um, and the roses aren't trying to like bloom extra early and like keep their flowers and their all their petals on for ages and ages. They don't do that. They know their perfect time. They trust their perfect time. And they're just like, you know, and, and also with flowers, it's they're my number one teacher, I think. Flowers, <laughs> uh, um, they, they don't open and close according to who's walking by. Mm. They, just, they just show their beauty regardless. And I think a lot of us are, whether it's through bullying, whether it's just through bombardment of media, have learned to – to, to dim our light in order to fit in mm. and you know like gosh the corporate world is full of that and and it, this isn't about oh the corporate world's bad blah 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 <laughs> it's it's the corporate world is just part of the the, the times that we live in mm. and I believe that these times we're living in are changing dramatically you know so and the brilliant thing is like so many of the jobs that that are going to be that the the kids at school today are going to be doing they don't exist yet and so mm. so yeah i my hope is that is that we'll move more into uh, a state of like tuning in for the guidance of what we want to contribute to the world because it is in alignment with who we really are yeah i guess with I know what you mean by saying the corporate world, <laughs> um, yeah. but I kind of see it like that world, the outer world is like fear and the inner world is like love and flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we connect with the inner love and flow, the mm-hmm. outer world no longer kind of affects us and that fear kind of disappears. Totally. Exactly. 
beautiful. And I guess that's like, 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 like you just said with the flowers, it's kind of like the same thing. Mm. They never really care about anybody or anything else. They kind of just blossom when they need to blossom in their own light and in their own essence. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're not kind of scrolling on social media going, oh my gosh, I should be doing this right now. Why am I there? <laughs> or checking out the other flower across the other side or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can just see like flowers now just checking each other out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, could you tell us about the high vibes meditation? Or you mean the, the meditations I do on my website? Yeah. Oh, that just links through to all of my meditations. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've got a new meditation. Um, oh, it's not that new, but I've just recorded it, which is my favorite one. And it's called the Inner Temple Rejuvenation mm. Meditation. This is... I, this is my favorite type of meditation because it's like, it's literally just all about like slowing down and allowing yourself to be gathered, like gather yourself to be filled up, to be rejuvenated, to be like, um, you know, to, to really take a moment to rest at your inner temple, mm. which is the place that I believe that we should all go to for guidance. We should all go to for healing. We should all go to for, for answers. And, and also we should all go to when we go through life and things don't go well, you know? So going back to that place deep within you, which, which can really deeply rejuvenate us that can really deeply, um, comfort us as well so that's mm. that's my favorite meditation the inner temple rejuvenation meditation and that's if you just go to my site rebeccacampbell.me that's that's available for free up the top there um and then yeah I've got loads of different meditations um in my rise and stress sisterhood uh we do a new one each each month and we do like initiations and activations and working with the different goddesses I love I love that type of work with meditations where um, we're working with a particular energy or a goddess and and really invoking that within ourselves. Wow. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, do check that out because it's, it sounds amazing. I'm going to get on it as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Rebecca, I wanted to ask you about, would you say that, when we feel like we've lost hope within ourselves, it's because we're not really mm. shining our light from within. It's like we're having a rebirth. Well, yeah, that's, that's such a great, great analogy. So my friend Robert Holden, he, I love the way he describes it. So he talks of the, um, you know what most people call the dark, dark night of the soul. Mm. He calls it the dark night of the ego, <laughs> which I think is amazing yeah. because, you know, what he says is the soul never has a dark night. And what mm. I believe is that, you know, and I think this is such a, a common misconception with light workers as well. It's like, I want to be the light worker. I want to be the light, <laughs> etc. And And a lot of people who might pick that up can think that a light worker is all just like angels and fairy dust, Do you know, mm. like positivity, let me beam it at you kind of thing. Yeah. However, to me, a light worker is someone who has been courageous enough to go to the depths. Mm. You know, soul work is, in essence, it's about deep sea diving. And, you know, I wrote this poem 
which is in Light is a New Black, which is called I Pray That You Hit Rock Bottom. Oh, yeah. And it's not because I'm a horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely not. (laughs) It's because, so yeah, I believe everyone at some stage in their life has the opportunity to have this rock bottom moment, Mm -hmm. which Robert would call the dark night of the ego. And it is the greatest blessing we will ever be given because what we're being given the opportunity to do is to allow the the ego, the physical human self to crack open and the ancient soul self, which is part of the oneness of all of life, to step forward. And, you know, I believe that we've had many past lives and Mm. that we've existed in other realms beyond just this one. And when we have our dark night of the, the soul or the ego or the cracking open moment, what happens is, is the potency of our soul steps forward. And while it might feel just so dark, whether it's like through the loss of a job, through the loss of a loved one, through some kind of severe grief, it might feel like, oh my gosh, I wish this wasn't happening and it's so dark and there's no hope. But actually it is in that darkness where we can most see our inner light. And it's also in that darkness, like all things in life, that hope actually springs eternal. That's where hope exists the most. Because when things are are bright and cheery, you don't need hope. Whereas when Mm. life through the waves crashing through our lives crack us open, we then get to choose how we want to bring the pieces back together. And it is, I think, one of the most tender moments of being human when you experience your rock bottom for the first time. And I think many of us experience them several times throughout our lives. I like seeing our journey as the spiral. It's Unfortunately, it's not a straight line. It's the spiral. And as you journey in and in and in, you, we, we, we continue to be given these experiences which, you know, you could look at them as ripping your heart open, mm-hmm. where actually it's stretching the muscles of the heart so more of your soul can come forward. And when we do go through these periods of great heartache or soul break or cracking open, the reason they're so wonderful is that it is in that darkness that our light is impossible to ignore (laughs) you know you have there is a point where you you can choose to ignore it but at the end it's like no this is this is the the direction that I choose and you know when we uh, if there's anyone on the call who's going through a rock bottom moment whether that's through the breaking of a relationship or whatever has happened to you I want you to see this as an opportunity you know one of the my favorite things to say in these moments is that your suffering happens for you not to you Mm. and so I wonder if you can just like reframe that and be like okay how is this what is this teaching me and how can I allow myself to unfold through all of this like that beautiful beautiful rose which starts 
tight as a bud and doesn't want to open and then it just opens and opens and opens. So I think rock bottoms are the greatest blessing that we can go through and one of the most painful things. (laughs) And that is what being human is about as well. Mm. You know, I really believe that being a soul is easy. Being human is a lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I I can totally relate with everything you're saying because, oh, wow. Mm. In 2012, I was was made redundant first. And then before Mm. my 25th birthday at the time, I had a cancer scare. And I kept getting patterns, Rebecca, beforehand, but I kept ignoring them, like you said. (laughs) Uh, And we all do. It's human nature. (laughs) You know, it's just some of us get the message sooner and some of us but sometimes we need we need mm. the it's like there's the tower the card in the tarot deck the tower where it's like it, the the tower is on fire and mm. there are people at the window and they would have smelt the burning they would have <laughs> smelt it but they waited to the last minute and that that is the nature of of the, it's scary <laughs> to yeah. admit that so yeah. keep, you continue continue on yeah tell me so, your story. yeah so um it was when I, I, I came out of the hospital and I was told that I, I didn't have a can- like I didn't have cancer. I just felt like so relieved. I just I mm. like kind of like you said, you cracked open. I cracked open that day and I was like, mm. enough is enough. And at the time I, I remember thinking, you know, why me? You know, kind of that victim mindset, why has it happened to me? What have I done? And when mm. when I when I woke up that day, it was like now I know why this happened because if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be able to move forward with my life. I wouldn't be able to actually go on the journey that I was supposed to to come in this world yeah totally yeah it's like often I think also also like often our calling um for those of us who are called to like say do create something in the world or change Mm. the career that they're in or whatever it can be very scary to to admit to that and actually do that (laughs) you know (laughs) and sometimes it does take this crumbling to be like okay you know I mean that was the case for me I mm. I avoided my calling for so long and I I I tried to make it work another way and then it just became very clear the direction I was meant to go in <laughs> you know <laughs> and you know what's really interested in your book is that how you realize that your name is actually what you were supposed to do mm. I find that so fascinating it's a thing called nominative determinism oh, right. and yeah it's it's an actual thing (laughs) and yeah if you look up um my favorite site for for looking up baby for names is actually it's a site called I think it's called she knows baby names it's like a baby (laughs) name site I find it the best one and it looks at the at the meaning all the different meanings through different cultures of a name so my name Rebecca um means it's like Hebrew for to bind as in like a basket, you know, like binding unbound basically. Mm. Um, and, and then my middle name is grace, which is obviously like to me, that is the inner temple. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah. And then Campbell means something else, but yeah, it was through understanding that I was like, Oh, that is so true. Yeah. Unbound, unbound. Um, yeah. And so that was very much, um, that's very much what I've been doing in my work is like unbinding the the soul patterns, unbinding the um, 
the you know the the things that stop us from being courageous enough mm. to answer the call of the soul have you looked up your name oh yeah so years ago I kind of knew what my first name meant and my middle but I didn't I didn't ever pay attention to my surname so my full name is Gerdeep oh, yeah. and obviously my nickname is Gerds so Gerdeep means the yeah. lamp of the guru lamp of the teacher my middle- oh, wow. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, I, it's unbelievable. And then my my middle name is Kaur, which um it's a it's a Sikh middle name, and it means princess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then my surname Hundle dates back to like warriors. So what I realised is, wow. I mean, yeah, it's a bit insane. <laughs> it's the lamp of the teacher helping women mm. to become warriors, and I was just like, oh my god! Like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it it just shows like all of us like. When we think we don't know what we're here, like, supposed to do in this world, it's right in front of us. We just have to look at our name. Oh, isn't it true? It's just, like, that's the thing, because I find that, because obviously, like, like I write books and part of what I do is use, and like you do too, use my story as as a a platform to teach from as well. Um, And... I, I feel bad sometimes when I'm like, and then this happened and then it was clear and blah, 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 because it never actually works like that in the moment. Mm. You know, I've studied this, I'm a student of a, um, of a practice called biography. It's essentially like you excavate your life, um, to, anyways, it's, it's a whole, whole practice. I won't t- tell you exactly what it is because <laughs> it's quite complicated, but, um, I'm loving learning about it and I'm blown away because it, it's it's a practice I'd kind of done myself without knowing it was an actual thing and obviously I'm way deepening my practice in it now. But when you excavate your life and you, you look at the biography of your life and your story and the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows, you you are able to make more sense of yourself. And I always say the dots only join in the end, yeah. you know, I think Steve Jobs first said that. That's where I got that from. Mm. And and it really is this weaving that happens. And often you need that perspective to look back and be like, oh, I always knew that. Gosh. <laughs> you know? But at the time, it can be scary and confusing. Mm. And that's that's where it's like coming back to the intuition or you're in a temple. It's like taking a moment each day to, 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 to check in, just like – I like to see your your um your relationship with your soul or your intuition just like a relationship uh in your life. You know, in order to be tuned in with a person um in your life who's important with you, you mm-hmm. probably send them a text or you'll you pick up the phone and have a little chat, you know. It's like I live on the other side of the world to my parents and probably about once a week we'll have a phone conversation and if we haven't I kind of feel like oh we're a bit out of sync you know (laughs) same thing goes with your intuition the more Mm. you can tune in to that the more you're going to notice the whispers before they are having to turn into shouts yeah it's kind of like you know when you ignore your intuition and then Mm. and something happens in like I should have listened to it (laughs) yes exactly exactly and don't beat yourself up if you don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because sometimes when our intuition whispers, it's not what we want to hear. <laughs> so, you know, no judgment if you don't answer immediately. But yeah. just take note if you're getting the same information over and over again. 
I love that. <laughs> um, my dear, could you tell us about um, Work Your Light Oracle cards that are coming out soon? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I love talking about them because it's, it was just such a joy to create these. Uh, they're so beautiful. I worked with an amazing illustrator called Danielle Knoll. And, you know, I'd always seen visions while I meditated and and when I wrote. And it it's been such a beautiful experience to have these expressed so perfectly. <laughs> like they're just this kind of like gorgeous, like collage cosmic art style. And each one is like a little portal into, into another world. So they're wonderful. I, prior to like you, prior to <laughs> surrendering to my call, I, um, I was in advertising. I was a copywriter where mm-hmm. I worked on my writing craft and, and a creative and creative director and so um it was really cool to be able to use the my creative background with these cards I just really really loved it wow well I just wanted to like remind the listeners that we're never really on the wrong path are we like everything never really... never because yeah. before like even the things that we have or like like myself with media like yourself with media like those things help us for the future yes exactly yeah. So when are exactly. they when are they um, available, my dear? Well, they are available the first week of June, but they're available for pre-order now. So if you just mm. if you go onto Amazon, um, or maybe yeah, there'll be a or on my on my website there'll be a link there. Um, and just type in the Work Your Light Oracle um, or my name, and you'll you'll see them. And yeah, we, Danielle Noel, the the illustrator, and I, we're going to be doing a like an activation mm-hmm. session where we'll be like activating our cards ah. together for everyone who pre-orders before before June. So yeah, be sure to 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 pre-order before June if you if you want to be part of part of that. Amazing. And say for somebody out there who doesn't know about oracle cards, would mm. you say it's like kind of like crystals? That's a great that's a great way to describe them. Yeah, they're just like different ways in. They're called so all the different types of um I just call them tools, right? Are they mm. called divination tools as in mm. like, you know, just just divination you can see that that word comes from like root word of d- divine, I'm sure, somewhere. I'm not I haven't studied the beginning of words before, but <laughs> <laughs> essentially they're they're different just a different way in to hear the whisper of your soul. Mm. So, or hear your intuition if, if that's the language you use. So, um, yeah. And I think that the reason I love cards as well is that they're a fun way to, to kind of like dabble into this world with a friend, you know, because you can mm. do a little card reading for each other. They come, and a lot of the Oracle decks do this, and the tarot decks, they come with a little guidebook. So if you pull a card, it's not like you have to, like, be this, like, amazing psychic person. You can just literally, like, look at the card, look at the title, and then look it up in the book and discover the the, the meaning. And you can ask a question um, and and just then pull a card and then read the, the, the meaning of the card for your friend. Um, and there's also lots of different types of readings that you can do. So there's one where it's like the decision maker <laughs> or there's one where it's like a six-month um, 
forecasts for you know the the, the next half year and so the, that kind of thing is really fun to do with like your boyfriend or husband or or girlfriend or mom or sister um that's why i love cards i i first got into them um through my friend sheila who actually used to babysit for her kids and we had noticed that um we had the same kind of books like she had louise, louise hayes you can heal your life etc and so we got talking and then she did my tarot cards for the first time i'd never even heard of them or seen wow. them and yeah we really bonded over doing them because as you do the cards then it's 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 a really nice icebreaker as well because it's just it's almost like it opens a door for you to to be in conversation around things to do with the heart versus just you know superficial things I love that. <laughs> and my dear, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's gone wow, mm-hmm. so quick. I know. Gosh. I've got a few more questions. Um, yeah. My first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who finds it hard to spend time with their soul? Ah, well, I would say that you don't have to, you're never going to be doing it wrong. So you don't mm. have to do it a certain way. Um, the second one is just like, don't, don't feel like you need to sit down and do it for like an hour. Start mm. with five or ten minutes. And if that's all, you know, if you're a mom and you're just like way too busy, do five minutes a day. It's absolutely fine. You don't have to be like a, a monk in a, in, a, in a mountain cave and do it all day <laughs> long, right? Yeah. I'd say also um, commit, to, commit to some kind of practice. Like maybe double at first, try a whole lot of different ones. But then commit to one, which you're going to show up to for, say, like 21 days or a month, just so you've got the repetition. Uh, I think uh, showing up at a similar time of day helps. Just like, you know, I remember Oprah saying once that it's like, if you don't go to the gym first thing in the morning, you're never going to go to the gym. <laughs> so if, you, if, you're, if you're having trouble, like, with, the, with um, discipline, then just get it done first thing in the morning. Um, but yeah, don't feel like it has to be a certain, you have to, you're, you have to do it a certain way or fit into a box, like paint, sing, journal, um, walk in nature, like, like find your way of doing it. Yeah. It's, I remember having, um, my own kind of, um, it was in 2012 again and I was mm. like I need to do something different I've all like I kept following the same routines and the patterns and so I created mm. a list for I had to do one thing every month so I wrote 12 things down and like one was like bungee jumping one was like climbing over the O2 like lots of different things and wow that was powerful <laughs> that's amazing and what was your favorite Ooh. My one, it's going to sound really odd, but I had a fear of snakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always had them. It came from a, a, a film I watched when I was really young. So mm-hmm. I was at an event and they brought out a snake. And I, was, I, I remember thinking, oh, my wow. God, how am I going to deal with this? Um, but beforehand, we'd um, written um, our fears on an arrow. And so um, mm-hmm. what happens is you kind of write it. It's, it's like a safety. It's a safety arrow. So I wrote down, yeah. I want to overcome my issue with snakes. And then um, you break the arrow with your throat while somebody's holding it. And once I broke that, and then like this was later in the evening, they brought out a snake, and I went and touched it for the first time. Wow! It, it, it like shifted. I I can't even explain it, but I'd spent my whole life like scared of looking at a snake on TV. I would scream. <laughs> wow! 
Wow. It was that bad, yeah. Um, even when I went to India, like um, I remember saying when I was thirteen to my mum, if I see a snake, I'm gonna I'm gonna scream. And like we got out of the airport, and there was a guy with a snake. <laughs> Of course, of course. You manifested that snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like little things like that when I was younger, I would scream. And like after that event um, where I broke the arrow, um, it shifted. Like now I, I can look at a snake. I can I can happily just see one on TV. If somebody had one around their arms, I wouldn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Hey. Wow, that is, I did not expect you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... I love. <laughs> it was a bit extreme but yeah that was probably my favorite because it made me realize if I can overcome that I can overcome anything in my life yeah absolutely yeah what about yourself yeah. what was your kind of favorite I my favorite is chanting mm. um yeah it's um I'm I'm a bhakti yoga teacher oh, so that's bhakti is like the the path of devotion and and um like kirtan chanting is like the Indian um, mm. lineage of, of group chanting. So, yeah, I've got this instrument called a harmonium, and that's that's <gasps> my favourite practice. I love the harmonium. I grew up playing that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. my gosh, how fortunate. Yeah. Um, we call it also the word um, in Punjabi, they call it vajra as well. Um, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, I, that's amazing. I grew- that, what a great thing to to grow up with yeah it's, it was so powerful like at the time I, I was playing it when I was really young but I didn't really know yeah. the meanings behind it so I'd sing on stage in the temple but have no clue what I was saying wow <laughs> that's amazing yeah. I think it's funny also when we're at such a young age being like um open like like uh receiving things like that in front of us it's like everything is being like absorbed at some Mm. level and then we don't actually consciously know it until after and it's like oh my gosh that was amazing (laughs) yeah that's so true like if I go in now and I hear it I just feel so calm or I hear it like on my YouTube Mm. I feel so peaceful but I didn't understand it when I was a child it was amazing like I look back now and think now I know why (laughs) yeah totally absolutely oh wow what's your favorite chant um oh I can hear it in my head but I've forgotten the name of it (laughs) I'll have to search for you Sanskrit (laughs) yeah (laughs) but my favorite person to listen to is Sanatnam Kaur oh yeah such an angelic voice right yeah I saw her when she was out here recently um she's just yeah she's so talented amazing yeah she's so I don't know there's something about her voice it's just so yeah yeah it's like haunting almost yeah yeah and it's like you know growing up going to the temple and stuff you never really hear that kind of voice but her voice is so free and it's yes I don't know it's just it's almost like soothing to the soul totally I really agree yeah. I really agree yeah they say that like our our voice is the most powerful sound current that we're ever going to have and you know and that it carries like when we when we go into devotion whether it's meditation or chanting it's like we gather up all of the times that we've ever ever um shown up for that practice yeah so I think that's that's the thing about spiritual practice as well. It's like you don't necessarily practice for the days that life is amazing. You show up and practice for when you do go through those rock bottom moments so that there is that that light that has been tended to that can carry us through no matter what. 
I love that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, my dear, um, my last question for you is: What are you most mm. grateful for? Oh, <laughs> what am I most grateful for? I would say, like personally, I'm most grateful that I get to share my creations. Mm. I just that is definitely the thing. That moment where I can commune with. And who knows what it really is? You know, we we put these names to it, but I can enter the place where I feel most at peace and then turn that into art. That is what I'm most grateful for. That's beautiful. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the show. And My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for shining your light with us all. Oh, my <laughs> pleasure. You too. Oh, bless you. Wow, what an amazing interview with Rebecca. That was just wow eye-opening unfortunately that's the end of the show before I leave I want to leave you with this quote nothing can dim the light that shines from within that's a quote by Maya Angelou for more information about the show or Rebecca Campbell details visit www.girdshundle.com and remember stay happy stay healthy stay lit lit